Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. I'm Mike. We're going to do... What are we doing this this episode? Tequila Cigar, Rock Paper Scissors Championship, and... The Brooklyn Subway Shooting? The Brooklyn Subway Shooting. All right. Done deal. Well, let's get these uh, tequila cigars going. And for those of you who don't know or haven't watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger video that we told you to watch, uh, we're going to... Mike's going to walk us through how to set these up. Yes. Now, in the original video, he cut it and lit it and then put the tequila on Yes. We did not do last time. We didn't do that last time. We had really soggy cigars. Yes, we did. So let's cut them. Okay. Light them. Well, got a little, uh, little funkage there. Yep, That's I okay. had a little fungage as well. What uh, what cigars are these now? These are the exact same cigars that we smoked uh, okay. a couple episodes ago. The they Ben were Maduros. The Ben Maduros. Right. Yes. We and got... we were pretty evenly not impressed, but not overly disimpressed either. Yeah, they were uh, not the greatest thing in the world. Yes. Not the greatest thing in the world. But now let's see, because we have, had, we have smoked these before. Uh, we know how they taste. Or vaguely don't taste. And uh, let's see if Arnold's tequila cigar can save us. Or these. Well, let's light her up. All right. Of course. <laughs> My two. Here we go. <laughs> it's a little cold here in the uh, smoke shack. So I'm guessing that that was uh, the root of my lighter's issue. So we're lit. We are lit. And most of the time, I light, I uh, wet my cigars before I cut them. But since we're doing tequila cigars, yep. I figured I wouldn't this time. And I just followed suit. Yes. So the key to the tequila cigar is you get yourself your little brush with the te tequila, and you brush it on. And you can use mom's turkey brush. It's yes. Okay. I don't know what kind of brush this is. I like them though. I use them for um, like. Coating oil on, on bread before I bake it. Ah, okay. I uh, He uses his for tequila cigars. I use mine for tequila cigars. I think that this is Sarah's, not mine. We uh, are a couple in our 30s, and we lived single for many, many years. Yeah. So we have, we'll have a... And now you have a, a silicone brush together. Yeah, now we have a silicone brush together that I have no idea. Now, this is fairly wet. Yes, uh, I should do mine. And you should uh, brush yours, yes. I will now brush mine. And we have to dip the tip once they dry out. Uh, and we'll see. It's uh, it's like painting. Yes. But with liquor. But with liquor. <laughs> with Costco tequila. Yeah, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> oh, we need to talk about... Uh, King Cobra sometime. Yes. <laughs> we did talk about him. A little bit, one. yeah. A little bit, yeah. All right. Mine has now been coated. Perfect. And I will take mine. You'll take yours. And uh, dip the tip, but right. not for 30 seconds. Yes. All right. I did and five I to, seconds. All right. I have to wait for mine to dry. I would say at least partially dry, yeah. 
Okay. I will wait for a moment. Definitely some moisture on the tip of mine, but it's all part of the experience. Yes. It's one of those unnerving things where it's moisture on the tip that isn't yours, but in this case, (laughs) it's not from somebody else. It's from tequila. Yes. So... You want me to dip it? No. Do you think I should dip it? Uh, I mean, you can. Mine's getting dried out. Yeah. Well, you already dipped yours. Mm-hmm. All right. Five seconds. There we go. There we go. Five seconds. I will say that this is better than the original already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be the tequila talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it probably is. It's the only thing different about it. It's much better. Initially, the puffs are... It tastes good. Yeah, it does taste good. Yeah, it definitely um, does. I don't, how would you describe it compared to the other one we smoked? Just straight out of the bin. The other one was really flat. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of... Um, it rounds it out. It does. It adds a lot of body to it, really. Yeah. Which is crazy because just a little bit of tequila on the outside. And, and, you know, I never believed that in college. A little bit of tequila goes a long way. A lot of it is tequila goes a lot further. I know. I know. It's pretty impressive. Um, But this is our second time trying the tequila cigars. And the first time, uh, as Mike said, our cigars were quite soggy uh, by the end. Um, But it was late in in the evening. And we had already partaken in quite a bit of adult entertainment. Yes, uh, we had. Booze and cigars. So uh, this one we're, we're trying a little bit better. And we are still uh, face-to-face in Mike's smoking patio. Or porch. Patio porch? Ah, it's a porch. It's a porch, yeah. It's a multi-use room. Yeah. The dog's kennel, the book sh- the, the bookshelves. Yes. You know. <clears throat> and the uh, for all you listeners at home, or in your car, or at work, wherever you may be, the gym. Um, Mike's dog did find the fourth leg uh, shortly after we stopped recording on last last episode. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Now she's out there looking for another one. Yeah. And we are <laughs> we are drinking the hazy IPA uh, Bosun from Trader Joe's. It's four ninety nine for a six pack. I did some research. It's brewed in Monroe, Wisconsin. They've got a. Um, no, they've got a really good business where they do a lot of uh, contract brewing. So they've got a lot of brews and restaurants or other places can um, pay for them to label that beer, whatever label they want. And that's what Trader Joe's does. And you can actually work with them to get your specific type of beer that you like. Uh, so this one's got a little bit of orange. Uh, it's a hazy IPA. It's not one of their standards. So Trader Joe's must have worked with them. Uh, to develop this beer for them, but uh, they do all the Bosun, which I incorrectly called Boat Swain, which is how it's written. Um, but if you pronounce it the right way, it's Bosun. Um, so don't send me any hate mail on that. Uh, but they also have another beer there at uh, Trader Joe's um, that's similarly priced, but it's more of a lager, and it's also by the same brewing company in Monroe. They've got three different breweries under their hat. So far, I'm liking this much better than the original. My cigar has uh, pretty much entirely absorbed all the tequila that yeah. I put on it. And uh, this is uh, this Kirkland Silver, which is a extremely reasonable uh, tequila that you can get at Costco. And uh, I like it. 
probably buy a bottle a year for the summertime. <laughs> and now I've been uh, jabbing away and Mike's pulled ahead in the smoking rate, but uh, I agree with everything that he's said so far. Uh, much nicer than the last time we smoked this. Oh, yes. It turns... Uh, I can't remember how I came across it, uh, the video with Arnold. But he swore by it, and it's like, well, let's give it a shot. And we did, and it was... Yep. Uh, I'm impressed that it made this stick actually... I like it. Yeah, actually <laughs> I, enjoyable. Yeah, this is actually very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so before we get into what we talked about we we're going to be getting into, uh, let's talk very briefly about Star Trek Picard. Oh, okay. Right? So now I've seen the whole first season. Why would you play with that? <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> You've seen the whole uh, first season. Mike Mike likes to fidget with things, and he picks the loudest things uh, to grab, and I just watched him do it. And, uh, but anyway, um, so I've seen the whole first season. And I was really excited because um, as a big, uh, not anymore, but as a big fan of Doctor Who in the past, <clears throat> the reboot starting with uh, Christopher Ecclesian, um, they set with Doctor Who a maximum number of times that he could regenerate um, in the original series from the you know BBC. And they were getting close to that. And I was kind of getting excited because how do you kill a character that uh, until previously has never been able to be killed? Um and then how would you kill a franchise that's made you so much money? Um, and they did their thing to get around it. But what intrigued me about Picard initially was, here's a Starfleet captain, and he's done. He's retired. He's got his vineyard now, and he's got his dog, and he's just hanging out. And so it's like, okay, well, let's see how he wraps up his life then. You know, I mean, basically, let's see the end of his life. He's not the Starfleet captain. He's not, you know, in a position of power. He, you know, he's just basically a civilian. And let's see what they do with it. And I watched the whole first season, and it was there was maybe one episode that I was like super gung ho about. And seven and nine comes back and just goes apeshit and destroys a bunch of stuff, and it's really cool. Um, <clears throat> but what I'll say is, they kind of turned Picard into an action hero. Like every episode is actiony, 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 and it's like, come on, this isn't Kirk, like who right. solves things with his fists. He solves things with his mind, you know. Um, and you, you you saw one episode. I saw the very first episode, and then uh, I don't have Paramount Plus, so I watched some of the reviews, and the reviews were convinced me to not yeah. watch the show. <clears throat> the only reason I watched the whole first season is I have a buddy, and he's like, "You got to keep watching it. You got to keep watching. It. I want to talk to you about it." And um, you know, I watched the whole first season, and and at the end of the first season, here's what they do. Well, so they make it so anti-Star Trek to begin with where they're doing some kind of persecution of cyborgs, like data, right? So anything that's uh, AI is like now the Starfleet is having a witch hunt for AI, even though they had data working for them forever. Sure. Right. And, uh, you know, you just can't help but think like this is just shoehorned in, um, you know, for the current social commentary going on, which is fine. Star Trek has always been about social commentary and acceptance of others but in this instance they were kind of like retconning the entire next generation onward where they had symbiotic life forms mm -hmm. or um, synthetic life forms sorry 
and uh, kind of like retconning it to make Starfleet evil, you know, and certainly as fans of Kirk um, and even Picard to some extent, like, yes, they sometimes will go outside of their, their dictum, outside of their, you know, responsibilities to further the greater good. Um, but this one kind of makes all of Starfleet just, um, just evil. Hmm. Uh, but the way, and so uh, Picard's brain uh, thing from Next Gen, he had a brain, I don't remember what the brain thing was, but it's basically incurable, inoperable, whatever. Um, and they gave him that, I don't remember what episode um, in The Next Generation, but it comes back in this. And the way they solve it is they download his consciousness and then they put him into a cyborg at the end of the first season. And so now it is no longer Picard. Picard is essentially dead. But this is his consciousness living on in a cyborg-like data. Sure. So it's not even Picard anymore. So now they can theoretically have this cyborg Picard or make as many copies of him as they want, and Picard can live on forever and ever and ever and ever, which is basically the laziest and cheapest way to prolong your protagonist's life. And instead of giving us some really good writing about how does Picard choose to end his life with his brain condition flaring up again, does he go say goodbye to everybody? What happens? Now he's just, he lives forever. He's, he's a robot. He's invincible. And they gave him, I mean, they gave him like a lifespan based on an algorithm type of thing. So he doesn't know exactly when he's going to die. So it's just like a cheap way of saying, well, there, we fixed that brain thing. Like, why not? Why not just make one of the medical doctors say, hey, I just cured it in my lab. You want to be the first human trial? Sure. Like, done. We don't have to spend so much time on it if you could just make him a cyborg. Now he's right. a cyborg. Like, now he's a robot. Like, it's not even Picard anymore. Really. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can, we can make the argument. I don't know. That might come up in our in our lifetime or our children's lifetime or something where you can download your consciousness to a robot. Then are you still you or you're not you? Like, at that point, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. But anyway, we watch or I watched uh, The Critical Drinker, who's now done with watching Picard. Oh, okay. Um, and he's like, I'm done with it. I can't. It's not Star Trek anymore. They're making everything hateful. And uh, that's not even bringing in Discovery. So. But I'm having is. some issues with the draw on this cigar. Are you? I am. I don't say you are not, but I certainly yeah. am. Which is fine. Which is fine. fine. It's, it's still, still, it's still more full-bodied than oh, yes. uh, the other one. <clears throat> the so. next time I smoke these, I will be uh, doing a yes. cigar. Uh, so I haven't watched Picard. Yeah, and I, I, would, I would highly encourage you not to. <laughs> the... Uh, I saw so many reviews and they were all negative and yeah. uh, it kind of reminds me of new Star, Star Wars. It's just, just wretched, you know, it's horrible. New anything, really. To an extent, yes. I mean, uh, The Mandalorian was an exemption from yes. a lot of that. But um, it didn't really involve a lot of characters that we knew a lot about. Mm-hmm. Right, they created the Mandalorian character for the show. He interacts interacts with some characters that we maybe have been like peripheral characters. Yes. Uh, which is great because you don't need to know a whole lot about them. There's not a whole lot that can mess up with those characters because we never saw enough of them. Even watching Clone Wars and things, like some of these characters come back and you know that they're not back long enough. Like Ahsoka comes back. Um, she's not back long enough to really get a sense of like what she's been through. Right. Um where she is now, and she's getting her own own spinoff thing, which I hope they do well. Uh, not like I'm extremely excited Boba for the Fett. Ahsoka uh, yeah. spinoff. Yep, I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm excited about that and Obi Wan. 
I don't know about Obi-Wan. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. But one of my favorite episodes of um, Rebels Mm -hmm. was Obi-Wan and Darth Maul on Tatooine. And um, it's when uh, Darth Maul catches up with Obi-Wan and he wants to kill Obi-Wan for, you know, slicing him in half. And um, uh, right before Obi-Wan kills him, Darth Maul goes, make sure that we're avenged. Um, or something something to that where basically Darth Maul is realizing that both Obi-Wan and himself were just pawns in this bigger scheme of like the emperors you yeah. know and so it's like you you really could you could feel for this villain like he's a villain yes but like he's kind of coming to terms with the part that he played and it wasn't the part that he would have played had he kind of been out from under the emperor yeah um, so i think you know if they do the obi-wan one series right i think it could be really really good but it's just kind of like the picard thing where they could have really taken it and brought it down to like the basis of human like, how does Picard cope with death? How does he cope with himself dying? Mm-hmm. You know, we know how he copes with the Borg, you know, and um, and some of those inner hatreds and, and inner struggles. But how does he cope with himself, you know? Absolutely. That could have been really fascinating. And they just, they, I, I don't know what they did. But they didn't do that. <clears throat> well, I wanted, uh, when I heard that they were going to redo new Star Trek, I wanted them to do Captain Worf. Captain Worf would have been great. You could have had O'Brien in there, in and out. Yeah. You have some of the older cast, and then get a whole bunch of new people, you know, and then continue the story that way. Yeah, uh, they don't have to bring back all the old cast, but yeah, I mean, Worf and O'Brien have the most Star Trek episodes out of uh, any of the characters. Everybody loves uh, them. That <clears throat> watches Star Trek, and I've watched every episode of Star Trek. And the movies before Picard. And yes. I'm not watching Picard or Discovery. <laughs> yeah. I've heard really bad things about Discovery. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I guess I'll just sum them up with the things that I've heard is it's more about the, um, what the critical drinker calls the message, um, the, the societal message where, you know, everybody needs to have their, you know, pronouns and their bios, um, and, and all of that and everything's good and great and we love everybody equally and everybody has equal chances and equal opportunities and equal outcomes. Um, so it's more of that and less of actual story or character development or right or things that make a story a story. Yes. You know, and you can, you know what, you can put that kind of message into your stuff and still have a fantastic story. Absolutely. You know, you can have anybody you want as a protagonist and still have a fantastic story. They can be any gender. They can be any orientation. They can be any race. Um, but you still have to do your writing due diligence and make a good story. And we talked about that before too. Yeah, where, we like have. you can have um, <clears throat> diverse stories and diverse um, and lesser known stories. Um, I read a really good book called Exit West. And it was um, basically it was kind of sci-fi because there were these doorways that appeared everywhere, but you never knew where the doorway went. And once you went through it, you couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all doorways on Earth, and so it was kind of um, it was talking about like refugees, like escaping um, situations and things. And and but in this, it was with sci-fi, and they were using these doorways to get to different different places. But it was a fantastic story. Like I thought it was great, and it was very eye-opening, and I could correlate it um, because I have a brain and I know how to read. 
and make connections, uh, could correlate it to what they wanted me to correlate it to, which was, you know, refugees, but they never ever really came out and they didn't hammer that point home over and over and over again. Sure. You know, it wasn't like the news where every half hour they tell you the same story. So they make sure you get it, you know, you can do it and, and let the reader or viewer, uh, make those logical. Absolutely. Notes. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I think, Maybe we should talk about the uh, Brooklyn subway shooting mm-hmm. <clears throat> because a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, shootings in America in the past have been done by white boys. Some white men. Depends. Mass shootings are typically uh, white male teenager territory. Yes, seems um, like. And this one was a black man in the subway, and I saw people online that were still blaming white people for this shooting. Because he's a black man, and mm-hmm. he was uh, held down by the white man. Yes. And therefore, it's uh, the white people's fault. Mm. Well, I guess, you know, if he didn't have any agency in his life, and <clears throat> yeah. maybe, I guess, you know, theoretically, if he, uh, yeah. you know, I guess, if you're going to say that. But, is, person, that, uh, but is that the, the fault of a white society? Uh, Are yeah. we even a white society? A lot of this stuff is like, uh, what the heck do they call it? Well, it's There's like a term. It's like uh, the racism of soft expectations or whatever, you know. Yeah, or it's yeah. like or low expectations where we all face bad things, and obviously some people face significantly worse conditions than others. Very true. Uh, we'll not deny that, but you can't blame you can't blame all the circumstances that go wrong in your life on other people. You know, people are largely responsible for the bad things that happen to them, it seems like. At least partially, you know, at least partially. Partially, and I feel that, (laughs) you know, white or black or or whatever, um, straight or not, or any of that stuff, um, there are some things that will hold you back, um, system-wise. Absolutely. You know, even, even for me, you know, being a type 1 diabetic... I have to have, and I don't know how many people know this, I have to have my doctor every so often fill out a form that goes to the state of Minnesota that says that I'm legally okay in in my doctor's opinion to drive a vehicle. Sure. Otherwise, I can't get a driver's license. Do I feel that that's fair? I've been diabetic since I was four. I've never never had an episode. I never passed out uh, due to my blood sugar. I've never been hospitalized outside of the initial time when they diagnosed me with it. I've never been hospitalized Hmm. in, you know... 31 years but i still have to have my doctor fill out this form that says that they think i'm okay to drive sure and i don't i don't think that that's right um i'm not going to shoot up a subway station um, or a subway restaurant um, (laughs) over over that um but it's not fair i don't think you know somebody somebody that's had a proven track record for over 30 years Mm -hmm. i shouldn't have to go you know ask and beg for this form to be signed um you know, and yeah, okay, I get it. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as, you know, maybe a black person being passed over for a white person or a, you know, any other kind of injustice that might happen in their life. Absolutely. Um, but I think it comes down to what's a, what's an appropriate response. Right. Yeah, and, then, and then why, <clears throat> why when, um, you know, white people shoot shoot up places everybody goes oh yeah the white person they're evil and then they've been shooting up people forever you know imperialism this and that and then when a black person does it well it's the white people like why is it the white people still um 
you know, and it's just, is your social message, is your message that you want, um, you know, equality for everybody or is your social message that you want more equality for people that aren't white? Right. I mean, and that's where you gotta, you gotta get honest with yourself. Like if you want, uh, white people to be less equal than everybody else or straight white people to be less equal than everybody else, then just say it. Just say it. Just tell me that. Like, I don't need this kind of like, well, you've had white privilege for so long. Okay. Well, I'm not Elon Musk. I don't have blood emerald money, you know, white privilege. Right. I don't have uh, Donald Trump million dollar loan, small loan from my from my daddy. Right. Um, white privilege. Well, that's it's very in vogue right now to have those politics. Where it's like uh, the Me Too movement really stuck out to me. It's like you're acting as if every man everywhere has Harvey Weinstein levels of power over the women that they work with. Yeah. And I can assure you that I do not have any power over any of my coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, male or female or otherwise, you know, like yeah. it just doesn't my life doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. Well, by and large society doesn't work that way because I'm I'm still like, you know, um all of the things, all of I switched roles uh, over a year ago within the company that I work for, and I'm still getting entry level wage. Mm-hmm. And I've been with the company for almost seven years now, and it's still entry level. And it's like, but I have seven years experience, and in in our parents' times, that would be you'd be you'd have it made, right? You know, you'd be you'd be there, you would have been there, um, but that's not the way that it is anymore, and it's not it's that way for everybody. Oh, absolutely, right? Like they don't care gender, um, race or anything. They just need to make sure they have enough of each, you know, for HR purposes. Right. But by and large, they're just giving everybody entry level wage. And meanwhile, inflation's eight percent and it's been the highest inflation since before Mike or I were born. Yep. This is the highest inflation we've ever seen. And, you know, people are still giving out three percent merit increases, which is really let's do the math that's a five percent cut. Yep. You're getting cut five percent of your pay. So um you know, I don't know where all this white privilege is. Um, and certainly we probably have benefited from some. I Absolutely. Don't, I don't know where. Oh, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. You know, but it's not like somebody hands me something and says, here, this is because white privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't want it to be that way. You know, I want everyone to have an equal opportunity. If somebody else Absolutely. is better than me, then they should get it. Um, but they shouldn't get it based on things that have nothing to do with job performance. Right. Uh, and then the same with me. Like I shouldn't get things because I'm white. I should get things because I'm more competent, right. or, or or not, or I shouldn't get things because I'm not. You know, right. whatever it might be. There's yeah. a lot of people smarter than I am. Oh, it's, well, almost everybody's smarter than me. But and a lot of people that work harder than me. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You know, but life isn't fair. I just got yeah. my tax assessment this year for yeah. this property, and they raised my value up by twenty five percent. Yeah, property value because they're building a housing development. Yeah. Well, farther out of town than I am. And it's like, so now they're going to tax this place as though I could build a housing development on it. Yes. (laughs) But that's white privilege that you have property. I guess so, yeah. In a manner of speaking, they're going to tax me for it too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But by and large, like all the government officials up here are white. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, whiter Native American. Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple city council members that are Native American uh, in this town. Mm hmm. But as you know, uh, the listeners might not know that uh, Native Americans are the uh, main minority where I live. Uh, 
I don't know what the percentage is, but they're the main yeah. minority. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense that we'd have Native Americans on our city councils. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> but I think uh, to bring it back to the subway, subway shooting, um, if you're feeling wronged and if you're angry, um, you know, picking up a gun and going to shoot people that have absolutely nothing to do with your situation um, is not the right course of action. No. Um, no. I mean, think about it. You're going to the subway to shoot random commuters because you're angry about your lot in life. Right. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. You know, <clears throat> I'm not going to say anything else um, because of, you know, big government and yada, yada. But, uh, you know, when, when France had an issue and they built a whole bunch of guillotines and took all their politicians down and gave them a real close shave uh, across the neck there, uh, that makes more of a difference than shooting up a mass transit hub. Absolutely. I'm not advocating for that. I'm no, that ended saying, up being a, a disaster. I'm just saying that if you look at history, <laughs> uh, and even with the price of lumber these days, uh, oh, it's, yes. uh, it's a little cost prohibitive to do that, but you can still do it. I'm not saying you should. I just want to make that clear. I'm not saying you should. We definitely should not, but... But politicians and corporations are the ones that kind of control our country, and we shouldn't be mad at each other. We need to be mad at the politicians and the corporations. Absolutely. Uh, which reminds me of uh, something else that I have learned is that even if, um, even if all of us, uh, Mike and myself, and anyone listening and, and all the people that don't listen, if you're not in a high up, if you're not uh, like a CEO of a major corporation, if you're not a politician, uh, all of us, Citizens, regular citizens, any color, any creed, any whatever, we could cut out and be 100% sustainable in, in, in all of our stuff. We'd have no waste ever. We could, if we could do all that, there would still be about a, a hundred corporations that are responsible for over 70% of pollution on the planet. So just remember that when they tell you to drink out of a paper straw. Right. Um, and I did see a funny meme. I know I talk about memes quite a bit, but it was... Uh, have turtles even tried a paper straw? I feel like if they had, they'd understand. <laughs> uh, not that I'm advocating for, you know, no. like overly wasteful, but I mean, you've got companies that sell basically bottled water. Right. And it's like, you know, we in America, there's really nowhere in America except for maybe Flint, Michigan, where you would need bottled water. Right. right? You don't some need places, that waste. There's some places. You don't need that waste. But there's many. places in the world that need it. Uh, Absolutely. But you can do it in a way that's not in a plastic bottle that will fill up landfills. and I've read many times that the U.S. military is, is the uh, largest polluter. Well, they're the largest part, portion of our budget. Wow. So is that causation? I don't know. I don't know. But there might be some correlation there. Maybe so. 180 military bases or whatever yeah. nonsense it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's lighten the mood a little bit. Um Mike has gone to town on this tequila cigar. I have, and I, and have I been, like it. And I have been jabbing, and which is strange because um, I've listened to some of our previous episodes, and I tend to talk quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm an introvert, and I don't like talking usually. <laughs> um, but it, might, it must just be Mike's eyes; it just mm-hmm. brings it out in me. Um, I always have a when we're not in person together. I always have a little picture of him on my desktop, and I just oh. like look at him as if I'm talking to him. Well, thank you. Yes. 
<laughs> but uh, he, he stopped by the other day uh, down at our place. And I was telling him, we were talking about sports because he had just finished uh, bowling. Yep. And I told him, and I'll regale you all with this story as well. Or for our Southern listeners, I'll regale you all for, um, with this story. Um, I had, I was flipping through, I don't know why, um, but flipping through TV when I, back when I had, I don't know, cable, I must've been, you know, bachelor and had cable included or something with the apartment. Um, but I had stumbled upon on ESPN five or something, ESPN two, three, I don't know how many they have, but it wasn't the main one where you watch most of your, most of your regular sports ball things. It was one of the other ones. And it was the World Championship of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Now, you told me about this. I did. And I was uh, initially uh, not disbelieving, but we even talked about it, but you weren't sure at the time. Honest to God, I was not sure. I was not sure. A joke or if it was real. And so, and I, I really enjoy Monty Python. And a lot of satire things. Uh, Don't Look Up is a, a movie that is pure satire, but it's too soon because it's it's kind of the whole COVID, you know, is there COVID, isn't there COVID? Is the threat, isn't it a threat? Um, you know, I, th- I think um, we don't have to talk COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think COVID was over uh, when the vaccine became available for everybody. Largely the threat. You know, um, our case is rising. Sure. You know what? I'm vaccinated. Don't care. Um, I've been vaccinated and I've had COVID. And so is Sarah. My my wife had COVID. I think she had uh, Delta and I had uh, Omicron. But we were both vaccinated as well. Yeah. Um, But you're here. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't even sick, which I got really lucky. Yeah. And uh, one of my coworkers had COVID, his whole family got it, and he still can't taste. He's feeling better, but he can't taste or smell. Um, I guess sometimes that's permanent, and sometimes it can take up to like three months for that to return. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's out there. It's definitely a thing. I have um, a, a friend who is an alcoholic who quit drinking after COVID because he couldn't taste. He, he likes his Lagunitas IPA. Oh, okay. Can't taste it. He still can't taste it. He's still not drinking. Yeah. He's like, it's just not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. <laughs> I told um, my co- my coworker said he can't you know he can't taste and he's hoping it comes back and I said oh great you can eat all the the spiciest stuff you ever want and he goes no no I still get the heat I just don't get the taste oh, so like he still like his body still reacts um, as if he were eating a spicy thing which he is um, <clears throat> but anyway that's off topic a little bit um, the rock paper scissors yes but if you can get vaccinated and you haven't been vaccinated yet like just do it. It's not that Unless you've had COVID. Unless they, you've uh, had COVID, then you're fine. Yeah. Then uh, uh, but they're even coming the CDC out, they're is coming out with like now. the third or fourth or fifth booster, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I mean, I get the flu shot every year. No big deal. Like, whatever. We're, we need to move from the pandemic phase to it's just always going to be here, which I believe they call endemic. Yes. Um, it's just here. So it's Absolutely. here. Sorry. Um, whatever. I don't know anything about it. I'm not a doctor, which I've said before. I'm not a lawyer, which I've said before. Yeah, this is not medical or legal advice. No. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, if you can be sick but less sick, I'll always choose the less sick. Like, I don't want to be, like, extra sick. Um, but anyway, uh, but I like satire. And um, and don't look up as, like, a satire on the whole um, COVID deniers and, and COVID uh, 
whatever the opposite is, like over the overly protective COVID people, where yes. it's like I can't I can't look at another human being because they might have COVID. Yes. Um, which I guess is kind of similar, to like when um, HIV and AIDS first kind of got on the Absolutely. scene. Absolutely. Lots of people. We just watched the eyes of Tammy Faye. I didn't know much about her, but she's a TV evangelicist who uh-huh. uh, embraced Jim Baker and Tammy Faye. Yes, embraced um, AIDS patients on on the air, and, and she was very. I guess, um, proactive about hmm. making sure that everybody knew that they were still people and they were still welcome in her vision of Christianity. See, I didn't know that. Um, I, uh, you know, I would have the tendency to poo-poo on uh, Tammy I Faye. would also have the tendency <laughs> to Baker. poo-poo on her, and I guess Jim Baker is not that nice of a dude. Um, but mm-hmm. she was, she's a very interesting person uh, in her own right, mm-hmm. as a TV evangelicist would be. But, you know, her acceptance of people that would meet... Uh, as an atheist, in my mind, that would meet Jesus's definition of uh, fellow man, where sure. he embraced prostitutes and and you know people that weren't perfect. You know, it's not a. Uh, in, from what I've gathered from his version of the Bible, um, the New Testament, because the Old Testament was kind of like, you know, you Fire fall, you fall in line or you get in the back of my hand. Um, you know, uh, you don't have to be perfect, and nobody right. could be perfect. Uh, and even even lots of other philosophies even say that like look, you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna not follow this philosophy. You're gonna mess up. But um, this is all just to drag out having to tell you about this fucking rock paper scissors world championship, which is a thing. Um, so I was watching it and I thought it was satire. Like mm-hmm. I, honest to God, I was like, is this is this for real? And I couldn't tell. And normally I've got a really good like satire meter. You know, like yep. this is. For sure, 100% satire. Uh, and this is not satire, and these people are serious. This one, it was it was throwing it way out of whack. And so that's why I watched it longer than I normally would have, because normally I don't watch anything on ESPN. Sure. Um, but they had it, and they, they had all the cameras, okay? And they had all the reporters. You know, it was almost like watching the Super Bowl or something, where they had all these cameras, they had all these reporters, and they had all the stats and all these all these let's just say players, mm-hmm. um, athletes. Yes. Um, and um, it was hilarious uh, in a way because they would do these uh, rock, paper, scissor matches and they'd be over in, you know, like, I don't know, 25 seconds, however long it takes to throw one of the three symbols. Um, but then they would interview these players and there was this one and they interviewed it and I remember because I, I wasn't sure if I should like be laughing or if I should feel sorry for them, but they were like, yeah, I was homeless. And... Uh, we found a, 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 a full, like, Happy Meal bag or Big Mac bag or something in the alleyway. And my, my homeless buddy and I, we were like, well, who gets to eat today? And we decided we'd do it rock, paper, scissors. And I won. And then, like, and now I'm here at the World Championship Rock, Paper, Scissors. And, like, if that's a satire, like, hilarious. <laughs> Right? <laughs> if that's real life, I mean, that's, that's, that's sad. sad. That's sad state of America. And I can't uh, laugh. Is, yeah. uh, so the whole time I'm just trying to watch this to figure out if I should or shouldn't be laughing at this whole thing. Um, and then I never really thought much about it other than it was an interesting little tidbit that I would tell people sometimes when they were like overly into sports or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I watched the world championship, rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember who won, and I don't remember, you know, there was everybody, all all um, genders and, and races. and, and Sure, things. absolutely. It was a diverse cast. Yes. And to kind of piggyback off of uh, the female athletes episode, uh, there were lots of women, and 
Sure. I don't think this is one where I don't think like physical ability, uh, physical stamina, muscle mass. It has nothing to do with rock, paper, scissors. No. Really. I mean, some people might say, well, they could, you know, change your hand real quick. Like if the reaction time, but that's not muscle mass. That's not. Right. That's like you know, twitch muscle. Potentially. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm no expert. Something sports wise. <laughs> We're not sports trainers either. We are not. We are not trainers. Mm. And we're not qualified for yes, anything. We're, for we're, any not even, we're not even qualified to smoke these cigars, except legally we're old enough. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, not to change the subject. This is I how am, fast Mike smokes. I am nearly done. He's, I've got twice as much left as I'm, he has. I am nearly done, and uh, it was really good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, much better. Much, I want much more tequila on mine, though. Is that okay? <laughs> Can mm-hmm. we do that? Add more tequila? Have we? Have we we've never done it. We've never added more. I'm a strict moralist when it comes to those sorts of things, and uh, I believe that you should uh, do it if it feels good, you know? Yeah. We're not hurting anybody other than ourselves. That's, that's, so. what, our, uh, that's, what, our, that's what our neat brethren do. Yeah. That's do it if it feels do. good. I'm just going to – I'm uh, just brushing the last little bit of my stick here, and by last little bit, I mean half of the fucking cigar. <laughs> um, this episode's a little more explicit than other ones, but we knew it would be because it's titled Tequila Cigar. Yep. And um, also, we filmed, uh, we filmed, we uh, recorded this one back to back with our last episode, and we've been drinking throughout. And we started at what ten o'clock in the morning, something like that. I think I picked you up at nine. Yeah. So, um, huzzah to that. Yeah. Oh, much better now. You think so? Oh yeah. Put more tequila <laughs> on yours. And people say I'm a bad influence. Oh jeez. Let's see. Here. Um, <clears throat> So, and I'm not 100% sure, but I looked up the World Rock, Paper, Scissors Championship Association, whatever, um, and it's an actual thing. And they've got a UK league, and they've got a World Champion League, and they've got a United States league. Um, and kind of one of their blurbs is where anyone, where anyone can be an athlete. Uh-huh. All right. So, I didn't really look into what uh, being an athlete actually means. All I can tell you is that the the rock paper scissor championship thing is legit. I don't know if it's televised every year. It was at least televised once. Okay. Um, I don't know if they do it more more like. A, is it more like the Pastafarians? You know. Sure. Where they're trying to say that anyone could be religious and anyone could have a head headwear religious exemption for state issued IDs. Are they saying that anyone can be an athlete so that anyone can have access to, I don't know, athletic scholarships or the glory or whatever it might be. Um, I haven't looked into it that, that deeply and perhaps I should have, but I thought more interesting than looking in and actually knowing the facts was to sit here and pontificate with our tequila cigars on what an athlete actually is. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, cause we could look it up and find the answer. Um, but that's less fun than saying, like, well, what do you think an athlete is? And, and what comes to my mind is NASCAR. Like, are NASCAR drivers an athlete? They experience a lot of G-forces. They do. I mean, it's not easy on their body. Yeah, but then is an astronaut an athlete? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> no, I would say they're a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, but check this out. <laughs> Are drag racers athletes? That's what I thought you would say. 
<laughs> Here's, you say um, drag racers. Oh, I thought you said drag dancers. No, not drag dancers. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but as a as a video game player, an athlete. No. Well, I mean, they do basically the same thing. They manipulate controls. A NASCAR racer manipulates controls. Is the fact that a NASCAR racer is an athlete because they are in a life life or death situation potentially. Potentially. So what is an athlete? You know, if a race car driver can be an athlete by manipulating controls, then can't a video gamer. Um, but, but, and that may, and that's maybe like too into the weeds. Is a rock, paper, scissors player, participant, an athlete? You know. Is a poker, poker player an athlete? My nephew <clears throat> refers to video games. He's 17, senior in high school. Yeah. He refers to video games as eSports. Mm. And uh, he was a hockey player, of course, being from northern Minnesota. Yeah. Pretty generic. Yes. And uh, he bowls with me in the summer. And he likes to poo-poo on bowling because his dad was never a good bowler. Okay. Uh, I would consider something like golf to be athletic. Uh, well, and I think golf <clears throat> is athletic but it's not athletic in the way of football where you don't necessarily have to be in prime physical shape. Sure. You, you know what I mean? Um, same with... Um, what's bowling. It? Well, same with yeah. bowling. Uh, same <laughs> with... Um, what's that one where you have brooms on the ice? Oh, uh, curling. 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 You know, you don't have to be in, in prime physical peak condition. To be a curler. Uh, to be a curler. Yes. To be a golfer, to be a bowler. Um, to be a darts thrower, darts thrower. I mean, is dart throwing like billiards? I guess like if dart, if darts and billiards. If you're athletes, if you're an athlete, um, then sure, rock paper scissors is arguably yes. I mean, uh, it's definitely competitive. It's competitive, definitely um, competitive. You know, but board games are competitive. Are you an athlete if you play board games? Uh, I would, I would vote no. Are you a B-sports player or whatever? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Are you a cardboard athlete? <laughs> a cardboard athlete? Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, why does everything have to be an athlete? I don't know. Uh, um, well, I can tell you, when my nephew calls eSports eSports, it drives me nuts. Oh, I You're playing video I games. Envis- I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I love video games. Oh, who does When I was switching when I was his age, I did. Uh, yeah. I played video games yeah. in a long time now. I've kind of been getting uh, back into video games. I would like to get back into video oh, games, yeah. but who has time? You know, I got... I had just a trim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you got a podcast to record. Yeah, I got a podcast to record. Yeah, I got other yeah. other stuff going on. <laughs> so much life is happening. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I don't know. I uh, I've been getting back into video games because I am now uh, two hours away from one of my other uh, best buds, um, and so the podcast is a great way for Mike and I to spend time together. And, uh, and chat, and then my other buddy plays video games, and so we've been doing, you know, like co-op video games online, um, and so it's, got, it's just a nice way to stay in touch. Yep, absolutely. You know? um, I've, he's like, oh, you should play this one solo, and I'm like, yeah, probably, probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, and especially with a toddler, it's not like, oh yeah, uh, you know, oh, I work all day, and then, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to skip work and go play video games or I'm going to like not spend time with my toddler and go play video. Like, no, it's, you know, I've got the two nights a week. I do what, you know, one night a week is the, our podcast. And then one night a week, um, I play online board games with a buddy and sure. then I play online video games, 
um, with my other buddy later, you know, so I still go up and, and spend some time with, uh, with the family and everything. Um, but then the, the two nights and then the rest of the week is, you know, family time and, and stuff. So you got to find a balance, I think. Um, well, of course. Yeah, but you got to be able to do things that you enjoy, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I mean, I enjoy uh, building stuff, but yeah. uh, it's well, not I mean, like I uh, paint bathrooms for fun or yeah. something. Yeah. You know? Speaking <laughs> about painting bathrooms, um, the premium pink <clears throat> is my vote. We already have the we already have the pink. Oh. I can show it to you. We have, pink, the, we have a gallon. Pink? Uh, I'll have to show is it you. the premium pink? I don't think so. I, I can't remember what it was. Okay, because, so they've got a, they're going to repaint their bathroom. They've got a very light blue toilet. And sink. And sink. <clears throat> um, but the toilet's really the one that stands out. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> very pastel um, blue. And so, and so I really want them blue. to have uh, – they've got some paint uh, cards up on the up, up on the wall there, and they've got some brighter pinks. And then this premium pink is more of a pastel pink, which I think would go really well with the toilet. We picked the pastel pink because I don't okay. know if you saw, we were, okay. we're going to put uh, wallpaper up on the one wall facing oh, away. Okay. And that's got pink flowers and the light oh, blue okay. background. <laughs> so they, um, <clears throat> they painted their laundry room. And it was funny because uh, Mike's Sarah posted on Facebook uh, before and after pictures, but she didn't clearly label which is before and after. And so there was one where the walls were all white and there was one where the walls were all this very bright purple. And uh, I was going to comment, but I didn't. I was going to comment and say, thank God you got rid of that purple. But the purple is what they painted it. So it would have been a joke, you know, but the purple looks great because um, it's a nice, uh, nice purple. When we bought our house, our trim was purple, but it was like a gross purple. Mm. And then my Sarah repainted it all uh, to white because that's like a normal person color that you right. would paint your trim. Um, so, but the purple they picked is, is a nice looking purple. It's like purple rain purple. Yeah. <laughs> Prince would be proud. Prince would be proud. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. But I think we settled the athlete thing. Anyone can be an athlete if you want to. Anyone can be um, any any gender they want to. That's not really important. <laughs> I mean, you know, people put a lot of importance on it in now. Well, and they, yeah, right and now, in the grand scheme of really things, and it's like, the, you know, um, and people are still talking about the Will Smith thing and the slap and everything, and it's like, it's like, who cares? Like, it's not important. Um, you know, I don't know. In my mind, it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't even a full-on punch. Right. Um, you know, what, I'm not saying it's okay. Like, I'm not saying it's okay to go and slap somebody. And I'm not saying no. it's okay to go to the subway and shoot people up. I mean, that's not that's not the thing. Like, I don't. I think the the main takeaway is if you can't take a joke, if you can't appropriately direct your discontent at your station in life, um, then that's an issue. You know, that's the issue. Right. It's what are the proper channels to follow? And I understand that the system is not set up for proper channels and it's not set up to give proper channels to those that are being wronged. Like that's not, that's not it. But with things like this, like Mike and I, we were like, dude, we have some of the best conversations when we're drinking and smoking cigars. We should do a podcast. And Mike goes, hell yeah, why not? And here we are. And if we can do it, anyone can do it. And if you have an opinion and you have something you want voiced and you want put out there, like, it's easier than ever now to do it. It's easier than ever. Absolutely. To voice your concerns. It's easier than ever to partake in the greater societal conversation with social media, with with things. Um, 
And I think with social media, we should talk about Elon a little bit. We, we certainly could. We talked about it before the episode. <laughs> yeah, we had a little in-between episode um, conversation about Elon, and, and uh, some people are, are very, very smitten with him. Um, Mike and I are not uh, smitten. Um, no. Because we understand where he came from. He came from Blood Diamonds, Blood Emeralds, and his, his dad's money. He bought the title of founder of Tesla. He didn't, he didn't create it. He didn't found it. He didn't... He didn't do anything. Um, he, we, we agreed, I think, um, that he has a little bit out of the box way of talking, or you know, outside of the box way of talking, or a reverent way of, of talking, which ingratiates him with lower class people, classes lower than him, not yeah, not you know, the, the, not, the, not the, as the a negative elite, not yeah. as a negative put down. I'm just saying, like he talks that way so that he gets people in classes lower than right. his class to like him. Yeah. He's not talking like Mitt Romney. My favorite meat is hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so I, I've seen some things online where they, where people have been saying, if you oppose Elon Musk buying outright Twitter, then you are in favor of censorship. And, and we had a little chat and I want you to get into it with me here because, okay. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's a uh, Twitter <clears throat> they're a company. They're not the government. They are not the government. Uh, they don't. They don't have. So if you're not the government, you don't have the the burden of the First Amendment. You don't have to abide by the Bill of Rights because the Bill of Rights is Congress shall not pass any law that infringes on your freedom of speech. Congress shall not pass. All of them say that. All of them say that. Um, right. And the uh, First and, Amendment uh, wasn't enumerated to the states. Uh, right away. And that took time. Yeah. And, and guess what? Um, Twitter is not Congress. No. Twitter may pay Congress, for all we know. Uh, I would say, and we've talked about it, it is uh, a workaround in our society because these corporations are largely creating government policy. Well, <clears> yes. <throat> you know? and, I, and I won't disagree with you. And sometimes it's... Uh, sometimes... Uh, people get frustrated talking to me about this kind of stuff because when I talk about some of this stuff, in my mind, I'm envisioning it as we have the true separation of church and state. We have the true separation of corporations and government. We have the true separation there. And the government is only there to protect citizens, not there for their own personal financial gain, uh, which is not true because we saw with COVID, a lot of them sold off stock oh, and did insider stock trading and all that. They don't care about us. They just want bigger bank accounts for whatever reason. I don't know why. Like, they make more than, than any of us could ever hope to make. Um, There's a cultural thing with the money. When you get that much money, they uh, it's competitive. It's, it's competitive, yeah. money-grabbing, and, they, and, and they how much money do the, you need? They get into the NFTs. Yeah. And it's like, why about... Uh, one of the first times I was exposed to NFTs was this person painted, uh, heavy, heavy air quotes, painted a... I don't know, an eight-foot by six-foot invisible painting, and they sold it as an NFT... And in the NFT document or whatever you get, it says you if you want to display this properly, you need a six foot by eight foot space in your house. For for what? For nothing. It's invisible. It doesn't exist. Like it literally doesn't exist. This artist took a crap on his toilet and thought, I'll bet you I could sell an eight by six invisible painting. <clears throat> and I went for like millions of dollars. Well. It's a six-ed world. But in my ideal world... <laughs> Daria reference. Right? Like, uh, yeah. <clears throat> like, um, you know, Twitter. Hey, if Twitter wants to ban, you know, 
Jews, they're a private company. They can do it. Right. And you know what's funny is the it's the it's the far right that's angry about Twitter censoring speech because oh no, they banned Trump. Well, they're a, a person they're a private entity, allegedly. Um and they were up in arms and they wanted this baker to not have to bake lesbian or same sex cakes. They didn't want homosexual cakes coming out of this bakery. And and so they went and found that, hey, a bakery is not the government and they're not subject to First Amendment laws. And now they're all up in arms because Twitter, another private, allegedly, company, uh, is banning Trump or people with hate speech or people with whatever. People with opinions that are outside of, uh, you know. Twitter's whatever Twitter's, uh, they decided. window, what the heck's that window called? Anyway, outside of their scope. But they find to be acceptable. Yeah. Which is not healthy. Uh, I think everybody can agree that the best thing for, like, let's say a neo-Nazi, because we can all agree neo-Nazis are bad. Yeah. The best thing for a neo-Nazi is to put their bullshit out there and then to have Cornell West come and slap them down occasionally. That's better for everybody. Because then um, you have these people not in a little bubble. Yeah. Well, we talked about uh, this in between episodes, but we talked about um, like Bill Gates. And I just read a fascinating thing about Bill Gates. And one of his um, answers, he was doing an interview with, uh, could have been Terry Pratchett or somebody, somebody that was an author um, and was very concerned about kind of these situations. And the, the interviewer said, uh, aren't you worried about the Internet kind of allowing anyone's voice to be heard and to be interpreted as an authority on the subject. And Bill Gates said, absolutely not. With the internet, we'll have so many more controls to be able to see who is legit and who is not. And I think with recently with COVID um, and, you know, with parents that, um, you know, told us to be careful on the internet and now posting things that we look at and say, this is not being careful on the internet. Right. Um, I think that, you know, it was one of these things where quotes that have been proven false, you know, where Absolutely. Bill Gates thought that it would be very easy to tell, but you know what? People don't read. People don't do due diligence. They don't no. read. They don't research what's right or wrong. And sometimes I get into real, real big quandaries about am I actually, you know, uh, last episode we talked about cry bullies and things. Am I being, and they have a whole Reddit, am I the asshole? Yep. Am I the asshole? I read that one, yeah. Um, well, they have them for all sorts of things, you know, but and sometimes they are, sometimes they're, they're not. But it's with a cry bully, it's very, very hard to tell. Because sometimes it's sometimes obvious, it can sometimes be. Sometimes it's 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 supposed to be subtle. It's supposed to be subtle. It's intended. If you to have be a subtle. good cry bully, you never know. Exactly. Um, but then that's the thing is you have to do the research and and kind of going back even episodes past with um, you know black rednecks and white liberals. I mean, you have to look at the history. Absolutely. And and where these things sort of come from, and how they originated, and. If you don't, then you're just at the whims of the the popular voice right. at the time. Everybody has an agenda, and, and, and it's that's very not wrong. popular now to not question certain agendas and to question other agendas. And yeah, these things move and shift throughout time. Yeah. It's just like uh, I think the ultimate sign, though, of a of a bad agenda is when they actively discourage you from questioning it. Yes, that's a red right. flag to me. Yes, if, if it's like. No, you don't question this. Yes. 
Like, no, and that's you have why, to think for yourself. And that's why I became atheist, because I was not allowed to question the faith. Right. And, yeah, and think for and, yourself, and question then, authority. Since then, I have talked to a wide range of people that are devout in their religion. Sure. And I've had the most amazing conversations with them. And they understood who I was and where I was coming from. And through our conversation, I understood who they were and where they were coming from. I wasn't trying to convert them away from their faith. Right. And they weren't trying to convert me to their faith. We just had a very good conversation. Sure. Where it was like, I understand you're an atheist. I understand you're, you know, you're a Jew. I understand, you know, whatever religion they were or are. And we just had a great conversation because a lot of that stuff is very fascinating. It's Absolutely. Very, it's very, very interesting. interesting. Um, and I applaud them for for their faith, you know. Um, but you have to be able to have those open and honest conversations. Absolutely. And and when somebody says, well, we don't question that, oh, guess what? I'm going to question it. Right. And uh, if you're not going to give me the answers, then I'll go find someone who will. Right. You know? Silencing opposition is usually a, a big uh, a big sign that you're... Yeah, you're lying. You're, you're illegitimate. Yeah, in you're not telling. Way. You're not saying way. the truth. You're trying yeah. to hide. Yeah, what the actual truth. And is. a lot of political doublespeak is that way. Oh, absolutely. All the time. All the time. Yeah. By my, my uh, employer, uh, various employers in the past, I've had various employers use doublespeak, and it's like a common HR thing. Uh, I think everybody experiences that. I'm sure you experience that. Oh, all the time. Yeah, I'm sure everybody who's listening experiences that wherever they are, too. It's like, just don't want to be honest and truthful because the truth is usually pretty messy. I have my my annual or quarterly review with my boss and my boss's boss. And my boss was quitting, so they were out of the picture. And my boss's boss said, I I want the truth. You know, I value the truth above all. You know what I did? Gave her about 40% truth. Any more than that, I'd be fired. Right. Right. Like, honest. Honest to God. Yeah. And that's... Our society right now is in a difficult place. We always are. It's, it's always the same. Yeah. It's more... It's, it's it's different, but it's the same, right? Yeah. I mean, if you know, if it's not, uh, if it's not COVID, if it's not the war it'd in Ukraine, else. it'd be something else. If it's not the war on terror, the war on drugs, it's yeah. uh, Pogs yeah. or Pokemon cards. Right. Right. You know, it's like, like uh, I remember when Trumpster was talking about Frederick Douglass, like Frederick Douglass was still alive. Yeah. It's like people defended him. It's like, no, Frederick Douglass is a pretty important uh, person in our history. Yeah. Right. I've, I've read Frederick Douglass's work. Yeah. Uh, he should have he known that Frederick Douglass it was a historical character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a historical figure. Figure. Yeah. Yes. We, we make these figures into characters. Yeah, who really knows what freaking Ben Franklin was really like? Who knows? We, we well, turned we them into know. characters. You can, you can do as much reading as you want, but ultimately it comes down to your interpretation or the interpretation right. of other people. I mean, Ben Franklin published an autobiography. So, but even that, like, <clears throat> if I were to write an autobiography, I'm not going to tell you all the times I like sat and cried. Right, just, it's gonna like, be propaganda. It's, be, it's propaganda. Yeah, it's it's. I, I can still try and make it as truthful as I wanted it to be, but you're not gonna get. You know, oh, Nate broke down and cried right here. Right, like exactly. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna spend five chapters on uh, still crying, still crying. <laughs> um, you know, so everything. You know, it's like you, when you read things, even if they're speaking like an authority, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Because oh. there's only so much you can kind of glean 
uh, from things. And it's really interesting because a lot of uh, historical biographers and things, they take all these sources and everything to try and get the most accurate, if they're a good one, if they're a good one, try and get the most accurate, you know, portrayal of this character. Um, but you still are, are have the kind of the rose-colored glasses of the era of the biographer who's writing it. Absolutely. Right. I went to uh, Mount Vernon a couple years ago, uh, and uh, I came away not really liking George Washington. And it's like pro-George Washington propaganda at Mount Vernon, obviously. Yeah. But you're talking about the richest guy in the country who is a fucking drug dealer. Yeah. Right? It brings a whiskey rebellion into full focus when you realize he was the largest whiskey seller and he was pushing his competition out or facilitating <clears throat> his competition being pushed out by taxes. Yeah. On all these slaves. And I was in there. I was uh, at his plantation in August. It's hot. Yeah. Horrible hot. And I'm from Minnesota. So yeah, he DC, really. The D.C. area sucks. It's horrible. In the summer. It's horrible. And yeah. I, I realize it's accentuated by the fact that I'm living in negative 20 for months out of the year. Yeah. So I'm more acclimated to the lower temperatures. Yeah. But, oh, man, it was terrible. I'm like, what What a shit face. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but in, in, I think in George Washington's defense, um, and this was in the Thomas Sowell book, um, he bought as many slaves as he could. Yep. Because in his will, he gave them all freedom. Yes, he did. You know. I mean, he's not, nobody's all bad or all good. No, it's they're more not all good or all bad. That, you know? And, and the, the most interesting thing out of that book, one of the most interesting things was that a lot of the founding fathers wanted to abolish slavery from the get-go, but they couldn't do it and have the nation. You know, and it's the same thing that Lincoln said. If I could if I could save the nation by freeing all slaves, I would. If I could save the nation by keeping slavery, I would. Absolutely. You know, is the is the higher ideal, the nation, you know, our constitution, is that better served being a nation or is it better served not being a nation? Right. And these are thoughts and 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 concerns that you and I, we don't have any concept of. Because we weren't there. No. We weren't there. No, they were thinking about other things. And and they were thinking about other things. Yeah. And they were thinking about Britain. Britain was the massive world controller of the time. And they knew, split up, there's no chance. Absolutely. No chance well, to, to defeat Britain. Britain, if Britain would have been more progressive in their time and ended slavery in 1770 or 1780, yeah. there would be no America. No. Because... No. Uh, they would have easily beaten the rebel forces. Oh, you know, yeah. our American forces. Yes. Their rebel forces. The colony forces. Yeah, the colony yeah. forces, uh, if they would have freed all the slaves. But they didn't want to do that. You know, yeah. if Cornwallis would have just freed all the slaves, yeah. there would be no America at yeah. this point. Not the not in the way that we uh, see it now. Yeah. Obviously. And you can you can look back at history black and white, uh, but that's not the true history. No. There's there's uh, shades of everything and there's reasons people right. did things. You know, and a lot of times people do things for self preservation. The indigenous uh, population of this uh, nation was enslaved before uh, black people were imported. Yeah. And they killed them all off. Not all of them, obviously. There's still yeah, yeah. indigenous people around today. Yes. But uh, yeah. you don't see uh, a lot of history written about that either, you know? Yeah, it's or, not convenient uh, to talk about <clears throat> Native Americans, which I think a lot about because I live where there are a lot of Native Americans. Yeah. But... Uh, or even um, it's complicated. Know, the Chinese that uh, blasted through the mountains. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, the Chinese that built our railway system, yeah. <laughs> largely in the West, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of things, and I think there's lots of um, lots of different uh, angles Absolutely. that the people that we have learned about in school peripherally 
you know, we know, okay, George Washington, oh, he was the first president. Okay, cool. Uh, and right. moving on to the next chapter in the book here. Um, but if you actually dig into some of these characters, they're very nuanced. Oh. Very, very nuanced. John Adams was talking about women's suffrage in the 1780s. Yeah. And see it privately, not publicly. Because yes. he knew his career would be over yep. if he started talking about women's yep. suffrage. But he believed that they should vote. Yeah. You know, so well, it's, it's not like it's a how, foreign concept. No, and how self-aware. I mean, like, that's a good, in my mind, in my mind, that's a good politician or a good statesman right. or a good representative of the of the country if you know that something should be a thing, like women vote, right? freedom of slaves, those things. But you also know that you have to be so, so delicate about putting it forward or putting things in place to make it happen in the future. Um, it's kind of like that, uh, it might be a Buddhist saying, um, where you plant a tree knowing that you'll never enjoy its shade, but your future generations will. Sure, I don't know. I don't know if it's Buddhist, but, yeah. it, you know, but there's a saying like that. If you plant a tree from seed, you plant it knowing you're not going to benefit from its shade, uh, but your future generations will. And, you know, you can de decry uh, the Founding Fathers all you want, but they set in place things that allowed us to get to sure. where we are currently, which is not perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect. Um, right now is a better time <clears throat> to be alive than any other time, for sure. Than any other time ever. Yeah. Um, but they set things in place that allowed us to do all of the things that we have done that have been good. Absolutely. But they've also set in place things that allowed us to be terrible. Right. I um, mean, the, you know, but they weren't perfect beings, that's for sure. No, and, and they're not infallible. No. Um, but they certainly set things up to where if we want to make a change, we can. Right. And I don't want to attack the founding fathers either. That's in vogue now. But when we were in school, it was the pantheon of American gods yeah. type of learning, you know, post <clears throat> Uh, Cold War, like rah rah, go America! Yeah, right yeah. before September 11th and all that sort of yes, thing yes. happened. Uh, and and uh, even after, I think we kind of went more into the. Uh, well, now we've got a turkey. Now we have uh, a turkey in the room. So, we have a we have a turkey. I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure where it came from. But Mike is done with his cigar. I'm just about <laughs> done with mine. Uh, we highly, <laughs> highly recommend the tequila cigars. Absolutely. That, uh, if you have uh, a cigar you don't like. Just dip that thing in tequila. Yep. Uh, follow the protocol that we've laid forth or Arnold has. Yes. Um, don't make it too soggy. Uh, that's a very easy mistake to make. Yes. Especially if you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to make it yes. too soggy. Uh, but thank that. you for listening, and we'll pick you back up next episode. Bye-bye.